baseball, a great American pastime. For a moment, let's get past the ridiculous payrolls and salaries, the $11 beers, the $14 cheeseburgers that are in the stadiums. For the baseball purist, there's nothing better than having that ticket in hand walking down those awkwardly large steps that lead you to a seat that gives you a a sigh of peace and contentment once you sit and wait for nine innings of baseball bliss. Maybe more if it goes into extra innings. Hopefully with your team winning. Not in one of those sacred seats? Then give me a radio. In my humble opinion, there is no better way to listen to a baseball game than on the radio with a play-by-play guy whose love of the game goes a professional step deeper than yours, maybe, and puts you at Wrigley, Fenway, or whatever park you call home. Yeah. Front porch, baseball on the radio, And of course, some bourbon. Welcome to Whiskey Business, a podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. I am your host, Dino Tripodis. And yeah, if you detected a baseball theme this evening, there's a very good reason uh, when I introduce my guest and what he has accomplished this summer and uh, last summer and for summers to come. But first, not to be rude, Let's introduce our guest bottle. This week, there's a bottle of Elijah Craig Small Batch Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, 94 proof, strong and oaky as far as the uh, aroma goes. A nice mash bill, 75% corn, 13% rye, 12% malted barley. In our, um, what we call our, our preferred price range of under $50 a bottle, Elijah Craig runs between $30 and $32 a bottle. More about the whiskey and some of its history, but now let's introduce our guest. Chuck Lombardo is by trade an accountant. Yeah, you could say that. An accountant by day. An accountant by day, baseball enthusiast by night. Baseball enthusiast by night. And when I say baseball enthusiast, um, the last two years, you and your friend, who's your friend? Scott. Scott Lightfoot. Scott Lightfoot? Mm-hmm. Okay, you and Scott, uh, this past summer, spring in the summer. Yep. But what, what were the, it was what, June. It was June. Yeah. I embarked on a little baseball trip, and you have a uh, an enviable base, baseball goal in mind. But this year, you did how many parks? We did eight parks in eight days. Eight days. Yep. Eight major league baseball facilities in eight days. Correct. Which would take some planning, some routing. And the year before that, you did... Nine and nine days. Nine and nine days. Yeah. Which would also take some planning and some <laughs> routing. Does, it does, yeah. And I would have to think some very understanding significant others. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> As well. And the goal is? Well, the ultimate goal is to see every Major League Baseball park that we have. So 30 parks, um, hopefully in four years. So if we, if we can plan it out correctly... Uh, Hopefully end it all in 2019 in Progressive Field, Cleveland, for the All-Star Game. That's a beautiful goal. Yeah. 
Is it not? So you're a Cleveland fan? I am. I am. Yeah. Born there. Born into it. I didn't pick it. It's in your blood. It's in my blood. It's in your blood. It's in your veins. Yep. What do you think their shots are? As, as we are recording this podcast in August, Indians are looking pretty good. They're looking good. You know, up three games in the division. Mm-hmm. So I think they got a chance. Yeah. How's their pitching? Pitching is solid. Solid. Yeah. Bats need to come alive a Bats little bit. Bats need to come alive yeah. just a little bit because everybody's going to be gunning for them. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah they, they get everyone's A game being the American League defending champ. I like baseball. I was just uh, recently at PNC, saw the Pirate. I'm a Pirates fan. Beautiful you know. park. Um, yeah, beautiful park, and 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 uh, and Pirates fans are are just like Cleveland fans. They're diehards. You know, they they love their team. But yeah, all those feelings I tried to express there in the opening about you know walking down those big steps and getting to your seat and sitting down and just being there. I mean. Is that your preferred way, obviously, to see a baseball game? Oh, absolutely. It's the anticipation of getting to the ballpark, you know, hopefully a park that you haven't been to before, experiencing it as you walk in, getting a lay of the venue. How do the seats look? How does the framing of the park itself look against, you know, the the city sky, skyscape and, you know, then hopefully you get there early enough to catch a little batting practice and just kind of soak it all in and and just enjoy the crowd as they get into the national pastime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you keep score? Oh, I do. Yeah. yeah? Yeah. I'm probably one of the few guys that does There's still, still a few. Score, yeah. still, I, have a, I have a couple of friends that actually still do it themselves. Yeah, it's like personal shorthand. Nobody can read it except you. Right. It's very individualized. How'd you get, uh, you say, you know, you you were born into it, you didn't choose it. Let's yeah. talk about that a little bit. Let's tell me talk about your how when were you first introduced to baseball? I was introduced to baseball at a very young age. I I played baseball with my father, my grandfather, grew up an Indians fan in Cleveland, and it was just one of those things that I always always carried that sport with me. It's it's great because it's a sport made to enjoy with someone else because of the leisure pace of the game. You can hold a conversation, you can be into the game, but yet still be a part of what's going on around you. It's, uh-huh. it's, very, it's very unique opposed to a lot of other sports where you have to constantly be focused on what's going on. In baseball, you can just be part of it. Let it be a part of what's going on around you. Well, that's the great thing about baseball is you can have a conversation sparked from anything at any point during the game. It could be, you know, the triple play you just saw, or you could have a lull in the game in a, in a real pitcher's matchup, and then all of a sudden you have that game-winning base hit. Or, you know, one of the first games that we saw on our road trip, and I'm sure we'll get into what we saw, but it was uh, in Cleveland. It, it started in uh, 2016. Um, it was on Father's Day Sunday, and... Uh, the Indians had a walk-off base hit in the 10th inning. So it's like it's all that anticipation leading up to a moment. You never know when that moment's going to happen, that turning point of a game. So, I mean, we chit-chat a lot through games, and you find yourself talking to complete strangers next to you about what's going on. Something very romantic about the game of baseball. Romantic. Yeah. it's a very interesting word. Yeah. Romantic. Yeah. Why that word? Uh, I, I think it's because baseball ties itself to – it's past, I think, so closely, mm-hmm. you know, whether it be in the record books or 
um, just the allure of the players that came before that you wish you had a chance to see but never had that opportunity to, and you only have the little black and white clips of days gone by, and it's just, I don't know, there's just something a little bit more appealing to that game. Let's go. Let's 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 continue on with the the romance of the game. Were you regaled with tales of baseball, your of days of old from oh. from from father or or grandfather or family members? You know, games that they were at. Are they able to the are they able to recapture those moments and and put you there? Oh yeah, when I was a little kid, I absolutely remember the stories that I heard of hearing the legendary Bob Feller pitching Cleveland Municipal Stadium and you know all all the greats that they got to hear on the radio because it, it wasn't a game that you saw. I mean, the only people that saw baseball games were those that went there to watch it in their proper dress attire with their hats dressed. I love like, that. Like they would on a on a fine Sunday a, afternoon. I, I see those pictures and I go, "Man, what happened to those days? When did we transition into uh you know i'm not drunk i'm awesome exactly uh, you know, t-shirts and, and 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 baggy shorts guy wearing his baseball cap backwards right. inside out or you know when when did it when did it when did that go away yeah. uh, you know you wonder it, it had to have happened gradually but it happened but i look at those pictures of those people in the parks i mean they dressed up to go to baseball absolutely. games absolutely those still grayed out shots where it's just i mean a stadium is absolutely full and everyone is dressed in their finest to watch a game. Yeah, and if you know if it's getting really if it's getting tight or it's getting intense, they might loosen their tie. You might right, see some exactly. pictures with a guy with a loosened tie, yeah. you know, and, and but that's it, you know. Or on the hot you see some of those really hot days and they got the jacket off, but they still got the shirt and the tie on. Still have the shirt and the yeah, tie on. Sleeves rolled up. Exactly. Oh, man. Yeah. You know, I'm just like what that's that's magnificent to me. It really is. So that I get the romantic yeah. part of it from that aspect for sure. What's your first memory of going to the park? I don't know. First memory of going to the park, I was in grade school, probably fourth or fifth grade. Were you old, excited? Old Cleveland Municipal Stadium. Oh, yeah. That was a treat. I mean, that was an Who'd you abs- go with? Uh, I went with my father. Went with your dad. Yeah. It was just an absolute treat to go see a real live Cleveland Indians game. It was just something amazing about that first moment. You smell everything going on in the concessions area. You have the hot dogs, the peanuts. The beer vendors walking around. Now, do you know baseball? Do you have working knowledge of the game at that point when you go to the stadium? At at the point when I was at my first game, yeah, yeah. it was just from the stories I had heard. Right. I mean, it wasn't something I could relatively see, but we'd always turn it on and listen to it on the radio, uh-huh. even back then. I mean, it was just, it was fun. It was absolutely fun. So, the uh, Elijah Craig small batch, what do you think? I like it. It's nice. Now, because, Smooth. because, uh, and I ask you, I'm going to ask you probably more than I ask any other guests because, uh, you are also studying to be in your free time, in my free time, a sommelier. I am. Which is not bizarre because, you know, <laughs> the people that train to be a sommelier want to actually be a sommelier in a restaurant or, or someplace. You, right. you have no desire to do that. No, no. You I... just want to be one. I needed a hobby. <laughs> I wanted to be one. Um, so it's it's something I spend my spare time studying. I, I took the first uh, sommelier exam about three years ago, and I passed that. Uh, I sat for the second exam uh, last month in Denver, passed two of the three sections, 
Uh, wish I could have came home with a full final passing grade, but little work to be done still. Was it the written? Yeah, it was the written. Oh, God damn, the written. The written theory exam. The written. So, you, uh, you, so you had to do a taste test. You had to do... Yeah, I passed blind tasting. Blind tasting. Blind tasting. Blind tasting. Correct. You're just drinking a wine, you're putting it down, and you're saying, that's blah, blah, blah. Four wines. Four wines. Yes. The blind tasting consists of four wines, two white, two red. So you have to... from They could be virtually from anywhere. Yes. Wow. So, you know, you so have So you to... had to taste a lot of wines leading up to this. There's a lot of work, hard work. Oh, a lot, a of, lot hard. of hard work. You know, work. people people don't appreciate... They really don't. ...the hard work that goes in to the appreciation of alcohol. I completely agree. You know, we're not talking about alcohol abuse here. We're not talking... We don't get drunk on... Well, every once in a while we do. But we, <laughs> as a rule, we don't get, you know, hammered. We don't drink the whiskey to get hammered. We drink the whiskey and appreciate the whiskey for how it's made and uh, the story behind it and the recipes behind it. So... I know that your nose and and your palate um, have been trained to identify uh, wines. In fact, I don't even know if that's fair right now to see if you could pick up anything because it's been sitting in a little bit of ice. Yeah, it has. But um, when you were first drinking it, did you? What'd you pick up in the nose? I'm just out of out of curiosity. I would have to say some vanilla. Yes, a touch of vanilla for sure. How's it feel on the palate? Again with the ice, it's uh-huh, a little... I understand. I you know this isn't a quiz. You don't, there's no pass fail here. No, nope. I think it's passing. always pass here. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, it's it's extremely smooth, slightly on the sweet side. Uh huh. It's just a beautiful. It's beautiful nice bourbon. It's nice. It's 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 good. It's a good solid bourbon. It's got a nice. I think the balance is pretty good. It's an upgrade from my standard. What's your standard usually? Jim Beam. Jim Beam. I like Jim Beam Black. Jim Beam Black. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of good Jim Beam products there out there that I enjoy on their higher bar, their mm-hmm. level. But uh, it, it seem, it's I always seem like, even though they're entirely different types of whiskeys, I always feel like I have to choose between Jim Beam or Jack Daniels. Like, I'm not allowed to like both. It's like I got to play favorites. And since... You can, you can like both. I'm I, a simple man. I, I, I like know, simple bourbon. I know. It's stupid. It's like I got to choose between Jack or Jim. Yeah. You know? And they're I went with Jack. Guys. Huh? They're both good guys. They're both both good guys, but but I, feel I had to to go with I had to go with Jack in the in the big picture and just um, you know hang out with Jim's relatives, you know the Basil Haydens and so forth and Basil's so on. Basil's a good one. Yeah, well that's from the that's from yeah. the Jim Bing people. They make they make a good whiskey. So okay, so the Elijah Craig, like I said before, um, some stories as to how it came to be, um, and some of them are disputed. The <laughs> Reverend Elijah Craig, yeah, yeah, was actually a real person. Really? And he was a moonshiner as well. Um, yeah. And uh, the story goes that one day there was a fire, and some of his barrels got charred in the fire, but they were still able to hold his, his shine. So after realizing that what charring a barrel did to the whiskey, he started to do it on purpose, and... They say thus invented bourbon, but I call bullshit because um, if you talk to some bourbon authorities, yeah, uh, the Reverend operated out of Georgetown, which wasn't in bourbon country. See, okay, and what we call bourbon wasn't made until the mid nineteenth century, which was way after his death in eighteen oh eight, I believe. So the claim could be unsupported, but it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, you still got a decent bourbon. You know, that's actually a lot like baseball, too. 
because the claim of how baseball started is disputed. Go on. But I don't know. I'm not a historian per se, but the father of baseball, supposedly Abner Abner Doubleday, Doubleday. uh, invented the game of baseball in Cooperstown, New York. Mm -hmm. He was not in Cooperstown, New York. He was actually at West Point at the time. What? Didn't even know he was credited for inventing the game of baseball. And it wasn't until many years later that the first official game of baseball had ever been played, and it was with, like, the New York Knickerbockers. They played the first official game in, like, 1846 or 56, something like that. So it was, like, a 20-year difference in time from when they say baseball actually started versus when the actual first baseball game happened. I did not know that. But you can trace the roots of baseball back, you know, years before that, you know, to Pennsylvania. The Dutch? There was, yeah. The, the there Pennsylvania was, Dutch? There was <laughs> a rule, a city ordinance passed in, I believe it was Pennsylvania, that kids could not play a game of stickball in the streets anymore because they were knocking out so many windows. So they had to move it out of the streets? Yeah, into a into field. Into a field. Just as good as any other explanation. I'm surprised yeah. with your uh, Italian... Uh, ancestry that you didn't say that, hey, the Italians invented baseball because the Italians invented everything. <laughs> I think we tried to claim it, but <laughs> unsubstantiated. Yeah. Hey, bocce ball used to be baseball, but <laughs> we got rid of the sticks because everybody started to beat each other with them. So <laughs> we just decided to just roll the balls and it's bocce ball. But prior to that, it was bocce baseball. And uh, we actually ran around every time you uh, you scored a point, you you took a base. I like that. I don't know. Man, yeah, it could have happened. It could have happened. You said that this whole baseball odyssey that you've been on the last two years and will continue to do now until 2019 started over bourbon? Yeah, yeah. Definitely started over bourbon. Explain. As, as, as most good things do. And a lot of bad things, but let's go with the good things right now. This is a good thing. How to start? So I was up in Boston visiting my friend Scott, the guy who's gone on these two road trips with me. We're <laughs> sitting at his house. It was in March of 2016. And anybody who knows Scott and I, when we get together, our drink of choice is usually Jim Beam. Uh-huh. Jim Beam Black. Well, he likes the white label. I like the black label. When I'm in Boston... Do as they do. We drink the white label. Fair enough. So we opened a bottle. We're having some nice conversation. I think we're watching baseball at the time. We come close to the end of the bottle between the two of us. And he just kind of looks over and he goes, we should go see some baseball games. I look at him and I go, sure, we should go see some baseball games. So we open another bottle of Jim Beam. We go outside, we make a fire in the fire pit. I think his wife was kind enough to get us a pizza. Because, uh, mm, you know, we, we'd had a little bit to drink. Sure. Tonight. If you're cracking a second bottle of anything, you, you need to eat something. Yeah. So we're outside, fire pit, eating pizza. And I look at him and I go, when are we going to start this baseball thing? He goes, whenever you want. Kind of falling over, sitting down in the chair. Okay, sounds good. You know, didn't think much enough, much of it. Finished that bottle of bourbon. Second bottle. Second bottle. You put two down. You guys put down two bottles between. Yeah, you? but they were only the seven hundred fifty mils. It's not like they were the liters or handles or anything. <laughs> I mean, come on. 
I'm a professional. Don't try this at home. I understand. We didn't drink the rest of the weekend. <laughs> at least that's what I'll say. So we pass out, wake up the next day. I'm sitting on the couch. He comes downstairs. I'm sitting on the couch, hammering away on my little laptop. And I go, I think I found us a way to get to eight games in nine days. He looks at me and he goes, eight games of what? <laughs> and I go, last night we we talked about going on a baseball road trip. We're going to see some games. He goes, really? Last night we talked about going on a road trip, watch some baseball games. Then we danced a little bit. <laughs> we, we hugged and said goodnight. Don't you remember? <laughs> and and uh, he's like, he's like eight games in nine days. Why can't we do nine? And I'm like, hmm, sounds aggressive. I like it. And so I reworked the trip right there. I mean, we were, you know, eight hours out from having come up with it the night before. I planned out nine games in nine days. Our wives thought we were absolutely crazy. They yeah. still they still think we are, by the way. Yeah. But planned it right then and there. And I started buying tickets before I even left Boston that weekend. For the baseball games. For the baseball games. Yeah. It was insane. Literally, our wives did not believe we were doing this up until the day we were leaving Columbus. They really didn't think this was going to happen. You're going to pull it off. Yeah. Would you, uh, I'm just kind of curious, what, the, what was the dollar amount in total ticket sales? You know, it's not bad. Most of the ballparks outside of the major cities, you can get excellent seats. And when we go, we always look for a lower bowl. Uh-huh. Between first base and third base, but you had to take. We want to be advance. able to see. Yeah. Oh, I buy okay. everything, all okay. the tickets in advance. You want to be able to see the game. It might sure. be the only time you're in that park. You want a nice vantage park, uh, or a nice vantage of of the game. Most of the tickets are like in that home plate area, top. You know, first ten, twelve rows, and I'd say for two tickets to each of nine games, we got out of there spending about a thousand dollars a piece. Huh? Okay. That's not bad. That's no, not bad at all. I mean, some of the tickets, you know, tickets to Baltimore and Cincinnati were cheap. I think we got them for like 35 bucks a piece, you know, in that between first and third base lower bowl. New York, I mean, that was like, yeah. You know, now yeah. you're paying. Wrigley, that was. Now you're paying. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it offsets with the cheaper stadiums. Sure it does. thousand bucks a person for nine games. I mean, that's. I'm just, I was just curious to make a price. dream, man. What I'm more amazed at is that you may be one of the few people. Who had an idea, yeah, fueled by bourbon, by bourbon, yeah, that actually came to fruition and was completed. Yeah, that doesn't usually happen. No, a lot of genius ideas have been born out of boozing, but seldom, my friend, have they actually been completed and, and have become something. I salute you. Well, thank you. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Let's talk about the first year. Yeah. How many cities the first time? Nine, nine cities, nine days. What were the cities? Well, we started. Uh, we left Columbus, went to Cleveland. Okay. Uh, Cleveland, we went to Chicago to see a Cubs game. Okay. Uh, Chicago to Detroit, Detroit, Toronto, Toronto to Pittsburgh. Ooh. Okay. So there's one. There's a long drive in oh, there somewhere. Oh, gets crazier. Pittsburgh to Cincinnati, right. Cincinnati to Baltimore. And then Baltimore up to Boston. Oh, I'm sorry. And I forgot about New York. So it was Baltimore to New York, New York to Boston. We saw a Yankees game, New Yankee Stadium. And that was the 
best routing. Yeah, I as mean, best you can figure, given when the games are being you know, played, and, and that's so the forth. difficult that's not, part. Is you have to, yeah, you have to logistically plan this based on when the games are being played. Some afternoon kinda, games, some some afternoon, night. some evening, and just drive accordingly. Like that that trip, we drove almost two thousand seven hundred miles from Columbus, <laughs> the starting point of Columbus, yeah. to the ending point of Boston. And then I flew home. Now, are you able to appreciate the the city that you're in for any length of time, or is it like game over? Let's go. It's, are you able to rest? No, sleep. You, you sleep a little. Uh, you don't really get to appreciate the city uh, because most of the time we're we're driving during the course of the day, leading up to probably two hours or an hour and a half before uh, first pitch, and then once the game's over, we start driving again and. Along the route, I have it planned out where our, our rest stop's going to be to sleep. So it doesn't wow. leave a whole lot of room for enjoying the city. A little bit of that is built in when we have cities that are close to each other, like the Pittsburgh to Cincinnati. Okay. Pittsburgh was a day game. Cincinnati was a night game. It doesn't take that long to get from Pittsburgh to right. Cincinnati. So we could stay in Pittsburgh that night, have a nice meal, enjoy the city. Because I was going to say, you're also kind of a foodie. Yeah. Yeah, so... It's, it would just seem logical to want to incorporate food on this trip and 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 for me, you know, uh, libations. I I would I would have to space it out a little bit more where you know I could drink and we'd go and we would have to space it out because there's a lot of baseball games, you know, over well, the course of. I would have to give myself, uh, you know, twenty four to thirty six hours. Or forty-eight hours in oh, each God. city. You'd never get anywhere. I, what's my what's what's my rush? <laughs> That's well true. <laughs> Game of baseball. What's the rush? What's There's the no rush? rush. But there were there was definitely some cocktails to be had in nights like in Pittsburgh or, yeah. you know, when you're when you're driving and you can't drive anymore and you know you're closing in on on the hotel we're gonna stop at. Because you don't want it to be miserable. Right. Exactly. Well, you know, you you got to do what you got to do. I mean, we're driving from. Uh, from Toronto to Pittsburgh, and we stop in Erie, and we're pulling up close to where the hotel is. And I googled places that are close to the hotel, and there was a, I don't know, it was like a Quicker Steak and Lube or something like that close to the hotel. So it's it's closing in on last call and uh, kitchen close for them. I call them up real quick while we're ten minutes out. I'm like, look, my friend and I are pulling up in about ten minutes. We've been driving all day, haven't had anything to eat. Can I go ahead, place an order? I ordered like 20 chicken wings, some fries, and four beam on the rocks. And she's like, you're sure? And I'm like, I promise we will be there. This way your kitchen doesn't have to worry. You can close up around you, whatever. We show up. We sit down. The food's right there. We eat our food, drink our two beams each, order two more beams, and then they get to close up, and we're right across the hotel, and boom, done. You know, but sometimes it's it's got to be those quick stops like that when you're on the road. Does Google take some of the fun out of it? Some of the adventure? Yeah, it does. I mean, there's still... When you, know, when you, like, when you can Google ahead as opposed to just going blind? Yeah. I see, mean, I'd like you, to see you take this trip, and I'd like to be with you on it, to be perfectly honest with you. Roadmap? I, <laughs> road what? Atlas? Road Atlas. Get oh, the yeah. map out. Circle stuff. and And just go by sheer instinct. Each step of the way. Now, I don't know I like because it. you're an accountant, you're a lot more methodical, and and it's your nature to plan things out. But I say, I say you you establish that you know 
We're going to hit nine parks. And I don't know how many days. When we're done, we're done. And when we get there, we get there. And, you know, if there, we'll, we'll get it. We'll wait. If we have to wait, we'll wait. Whatever the case might be. And you go. That, I think, would be. I like it. Maybe that's what we'll do next year. Maybe you need to incorporate a wild hair of some sort into your mix. Well, I mean, there's there's always wild things that pop up well, along the What's the, the route craziest that thing that happened? I would say each year had a funny occurrence. Okay. Year year number one, so we we have to drive from Detroit into Canada right. for the Toronto game. So we enter Canada from Michigan. As do a lot of people. We drive to uh, the ballpark, to the Rogers Center, see the game, immediately leave, go to exit Canada via New York. Well, we were only in Canada for eight hours or something right. like that. Got stopped at Border Patrol. And uh lady starts talking to us at Border Patrol. She's like, so tell me here, guys, you uh, you just got into the country eight hours ago right. from, like, Michigan. Yes, and ma'am. now you're, you're, you're exiting here in New York. Yes, ma'am. And you're telling me you saw a baseball game. Uh-huh. That was your purpose of your travels. That was the, that was, yes. We wanted to see a baseball game. So who won the game? Toronto. Really? I don't know. But I'm just. What, a, what was the score? Uh, it was a tight one. It was. I us. mean, these, these are actually <laughs> the exact questions. And your answers were exactly how my friend Scott was answering them. And she looked at me and she goes, she goes, how about you? Do you know what happened or what you guys did? And I'm like, yes. And she's like, sure. Uh-huh. Go ahead and pull up there. Uh, I my experience with Canada has been easy to get in, hard to get the hell out. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, last time I was up there was for a, a bachelor party, and um, uh, on the way out, <laughs> we were in a limousine to boot. Which, of course, anytime you're in type of limousine or limo bus, that you know, you might yeah. as well put a, a big red flag on it. That says stop us. <laughs> you know, on on the way out because we've got a story, but um, and I don't know why I'm always the guy that the go to guy, but it's like you know I'm rolling down the the window, the back seat of the limo, and you know questions are being asked. And you find he, yourself compelled to answer. And, well, and every but every time he asked me a question, I, I'd say, "Be right with you," and roll the window back up. <laughs> 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 and I'd ask a quick question, so forth and so on. Okay, okay roll the window back down. Yes. <laughs> that, that's pretty much how that Another went. question, and window back up. This happened like half a dozen times where it almost got comical. And eventually they, they let us go. But, yeah, hard to get out of there. Really hard. Like, you're driving in, and it's like they basically hand you a pamphlet that says, here, make sure you bring all these things back with you. Uh-huh. And then when you're coming back into the United States, they're like, Please tell us you didn't bring in anything that was on that pamphlet they handed you crossing the border. No, no, we didn't bring anything. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, why? Why are you? Let, why are you so happy to let us in and then you won't let us escape? Do they need people to stay in Canada? I guess so. Because well, I like Canada. It's nice. It's a beautiful country. It's beautiful. Yeah, but I want to go back home. So this year, we also had another unplanned stop. Good. Yeah, this one. Uh, <laughs> this one had to do. While we were in, so part of our drive this year was from Atlanta to Kansas City. All right. Just a short 12-hour sure. drive. That's all. That's easy. <laughs> Not a problem. <laughs> it would be, first of all, 
it would be a 24-hour drive because I'd be stopping. But the... <laughs> and that, that 12 hours, you know, that included sleep. It had to. Had so. to. Um, so we're rolling through about six hours. We're in the middle of nowhere, Tennessee. And I couldn't drive anymore. Scott couldn't drive anymore. We, uh, we're like, let's, let's get a hotel, even if it's just for two hours. Shut our eyes, grab a shower, feel much better, start driving again. Sounds like a plan. The only hotel we're driving forever. The only hotel we see is one of those um, lower budget, no sign. Yes, has the neon yeah. rent by the hour yeah. vacancy. Wink and a nod motel. Color yeah. television included. <laughs> and so we're like, well, this is the best thing we got. So let's go in. <laughs> it's just a sign that says, we have Y. <laughs> <laughs> that's all just the why not the phi just the why so, so we go to check in and um little lady behind the counter she's like it's like three o'clock in the morning she's like okay honey you know here's your key to the room it's like attached to the thing like if you were in like third grade and you needed to use the restroom it's like the giant paddles attached to the key because they don't want anybody to steal it and then she's like oh and one more thing before you go and she, like, from underneath the counter, she pulls out a knob of a shower. Like, the actual, the whole physical knob in the front plate. <laughs> and she's like, let me show you how to turn the water on. I'm like, what the hell is going oh, where on? Where are we staying? Yeah, so she, she proceeds to show us how to turn the knob on the shower on and off. And I'm like, oh, my God, we're going to die here. So we get to the room. And it's one of those places where literally we left everything in the car because uh -huh. I didn't want anything coming back with me. And we rip everything off the beds, lay down, two hours of sleep, wake up, shower, almost feel dirtier after I showered than when I started and did laid down. Did you turn down. the water on properly? I did, All thanks right. to her. <laughs> and we get out of there as fast as humanly possible. I wasn't feeling great that next day. <laughs> My buddy wasn't feeling great that next day. But we got a long drive ahead of us. We get to the next game in Kansas City, see the game, drive out of there, get to a hotel, sleep, wake up the next morning, and I can hear him coughing all night long, all night long. I'm like, dude, you all right? And he's like, he's like, no, man, can't breathe, can't breathe. And I'm like, why don't you go take a shower, see if you feel better. He gets out of the shower. He's still hacking and hacking. I'm I'm like, any better? He's like, can't breathe. I'm like, is this one of those can't breathes where you just, you need some air, a couple of allergy pills, you'll be better in no time? He's like, or is this one of those where we need to go to the hospital? He's like, start the car. And so we, we toss everything, our, our bags in the car. I Google again. Thanks for Google okay, this, time. this time. This time, thanks for Google, sure. And uh, find the closest hospital, go rolling up. We're in... EU Clairsville, middle of nowhere, Sacred Heart, something or other hospital. And we walk up to the emergency room. Lady's like, what you need? And uh, he's like, I can't breathe. And so she just takes him right back. And from door to door, from the time we walked in there to the time we left, it was like 30 minutes. And they shot him up with steroids, told him he had some kind of allergic thing with something where we were at and said he could have like died from not being able to breathe but yeah he's got he's usually gotta, not being able to breathe eventually will yeah, will we'll kill you exactly. i'm no doctor <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> and uh 
you know, so we have to go fill a prescription at a place that's not open. He gets steroids and all this kind of stuff. And Holy shit. And uh, the thing we were most proud of was it only took one hour of our day. Uh-huh. So we could still make it to the next ballpark yeah. on okay. time. Yeah, so it was it, a, our trip was planned that much to the It minute. was an efficient emergency. Yes. Shout out to those girls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you ever find out what caused it? It had to be at the... At the shitty motel, right? Yeah, that's that's what it all drew back to because I was having trouble breathing. He was obviously having trouble breathing all day, but to the point where he woke up the next day and literally he could not breathe. What the hell? I don't know. We were only there for two hours. Can you imagine if you stayed longer? I know. So now you've got this year under your belt. Yep. And, and, and our, so you're married. Yep. You're married. And how long have you been married? Uh... Man, you don't want me to get this wrong. It's 13 years. 13 years. Yeah. And your wife is cool with this trip. She's cool with it. My friend's wife is cool with it. Um, For them, it's like, you know, we get to get out of the house, out of their hair for a while. And it's nice because, uh, you know, he lives in Boston. He and his family live in Boston. Does he have kids? Yeah, he's got kids. You got kids? No, I got no kids. kids. Um, So it's really a break for him. It's it's a break for him. And it gets us hanging out. You know, we we went to college together. We go way back. And, um, you know, it gives us the opportunity to see each other and find out what's going on with each other's lives and now, during it, those baseball moments. Is he in for the full full ride oh, to 2019? In. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So next year, what's what's the route next year? Do you already plan that out? Uh, well, again, it, it's, it's based on the logistics of who's playing when, but we really want to get the West Coast swing done next oh, year. So okay. do the whole start in Arizona, go over to San Diego, work our way all the way up through Seattle. That's ambitious. How many days That's is that going to take? Texas might have to be its own animal. I mean, Texas is just so it's such big. a huge state. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Take Texas on by Texas itself. Texas on by itself. Yeah. Because we still have like a mishmash of other cities we have to get because of, you know, obviously the logistics part of it. We still have Denver and the two Texases and St. Louis out of the Midwest area. And then East Coast, we got the two Floridas still to do. Mm-hmm. And then Philly and the Mets. So. It's it's going to be ambitious. ambitious. Yeah. That, that is the word, ambitious. And how many days next year? Uh, Probably eight. Eight and eight? Yeah, that's the goal. You might want to give my, my theory some thought about cutting yourselves a little bit of slack. And, you know, take take two weeks. I like the idea. Take two weeks. I like it. I mean, if you're gone for ten days, what's another four? Yeah. Nobody's going to miss me in those four days. <laughs> I can do and that. Enjoy. I mean, yeah, like I, I go back to the whole food thing. You know, you go to a city that's not like, you know, you go to Pittsburgh and you don't go to Primanti Brothers to get one of their sandwiches and some of the other things that Pittsburgh is known for. I feel like you're cheating yourself. I had Primanti's in the ballpark. All I know right. it's not the same. Not, it's the, not the same. same. It's not the same. Well, you know also, what I'm saying? Also, when, when you were in Pittsburgh, when you were at PNC Park, did you have one of their Bloody Marys? I did not. They're famous there. I did not know that. Oh, yeah. You go out to left field, there's like a little open-air bar area, they make the best Bloody Mary you'll ever have. I'll be damned. No. Yeah. I was not aware. Telling you. No, I just went for the, you know, I went for the, I went for a nice cold icy light, Iron Mm. City light, which is just a horrible beer. It's it's not good. (laughs) It's not a good beer. No. Not a good beer. It's got to be really, really cold. And even then, (laughs) but, you know. Questionable at best. Yeah. It's, 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 um. I remember my the, in the back in the mill days and the in, in the bars 
it would be an imp in an iron, uh, a <laughs> shot of imperial whiskey and an Iron City beer. Wow. Imp in an iron. That'd be the, yeah, that'd be the standard call, bar call. Imp in an iron. Boom, yeah. boom. Get on with your day. Get on with your baseball game. I won't watch baseball on television uh, until the playoffs. Really? Yeah. I will go to the radio first. I agree. The radio, there's just, it has that magical touch where it it captures the game. Yeah, it captures the game. The people who are, are doing the play-by-play and doing yeah. the color of the game, they're painting a picture. That picture that's being painted is is being created in your mind. You're, you're you know, following the dots and, and, and making that picture in your head of how you think it looks from what they're saying. And you put all those pieces together. I mean, it's it's imagination at its best. Oh, I completely agree. I mean, and one of the cool things I think we did this year when we were up in Milwaukee, we went to Miller Park, and walking around the concourse, they have because Bob Euchre still calls the games. They had Euchre on, so you could listen to him calling the game while Beautiful. you're standing there, like I'm out in out down right field line. Watching the game on the concourse, listening to Euchre make the call, it's just, it's a fantastic moment. Like, I never thought I'd see something like that. Out of all the sportscasters that do baseball, would he be one of your favorites? I think I think or he's one go, of the most legendary. Yeah. Do you have a favorite? You know, I, I don't have mm-hmm. a favorite right now. I mean, I think the guys that do the Indians game right now are very good. They're, they have the excitement in their voice at the opportune moment. Um, but Uke's just legendary, so. It was mm-hmm. fun. Could you call baseball? I probably could if I tried. Yeah. 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 I've seen enough games, that's for sure. Would you do play by play or did you color? What would you do? Play by play. Play by play? Yeah. yeah. That's... So you said and that's a student of the game. In order, you have to be a true student of the game to do play by play. I could yeah. not. I could not. You do the color. I, I, I would side. probably interject yeah. with some color from time to time, but the play by play hat off to those gentlemen. Oh, it's a skill. That's a skill. It's, Absolutely, it's a skill set. Yeah, yeah. I'm not surprised you put play by play because you're you're a numbers guy. Yeah, yeah. So it makes perfectly good sense. Do you want a Cubs Indians rematch? Oh, I would love to see that rematch. We had them dead dead to rights last year. Yeah. Uh, if if we didn't have the injuries, and of course you can always say if this if, if that, that, but if we didn't have the injuries to our starting pitching staff last year, we had that. We had. I mean. You were going on your starting oh, pitcher. I know. Corey I know. Kluber had, you know, three starts in the series. Because Chicago teams are my rest. second favorite team. Because I'm from the, um, I was born in Gary, lived in Chicago, suburb called Dalton. So actually, when it comes right down to it, I'm a, a White Sox fan, Southside. Okay. But, you know, Cubs get into the world, so you got to root for Chicago. Got to. But yeah, and I, I thought we were a done deal. I thought the curse lives on. I was convinced. I was amazed. I was shocked. But now Cleveland, as I recall, becomes the team with the second longest drought now, right? Or now they move up. Now they are they're, the longest. They drought. have the longest. You know, World now Series that the Cubs drought. have won. Yeah, yeah. So they're 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 up. They're due. Yeah, they're due. I mean, last year we saw we saw the Indians and the Cubs in back to back nights, and who would have known that that would have been the World Series matchup last year? So that was pretty cool. Oh, when you were on your trip. When we were on our oh, trip. Oh, when it was just regular season. Regular season. Awesome. We went back-to-back Indians-Cubs on our trip. This year, we went back-to-back, and this could be foreshadowing, Indians-Nationals. Yeah, I see. I think that's 
How weird would that be? That's, Two years in a row, yeah. back to back nights seeing maybe what could be the World Series. Maybe matchup. you guys are unconsciously, you know, the Nostradamus brothers of uh, of baseball. Could be you unintentionally have chosen, have picked, have made the chosen ones. You are the chosen ones. We are the chosen based ones based on what we have done and where we have gone. I like it. <laughs> I'm in. These are the teams Sign that will play for, for, the, World Series. <laughs> for the World Series. I think the Nationals can be beaten. What I do want to capture as we get close to closing this up here um, is uh, is just your love of the game. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the, the, for the baseball purists that are out there, I mean, how do you do, what what angers you about baseball right now? You know, I, I think it's all the people trying to speed it up. And they're trying to speed it up, I think, for the wrong reasons. The pace of the game. They're trying to institute, you know, the pitch clocks and things like that to make the game more appealing, I believe, to the television viewer, not necessarily to the person that's in the stands watching it and taking it in. Because, as you mentioned earlier, there's so much going on in the stands to occupy occupy your time at the park. Uh, uh, a side conversation, a discussion, a debate, whatever the case might be. Absolutely. So this, what they're doing to speed up the game has got nothing to do with the people who are there. Exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it, it's really changing those, you know, those historic unwritten rules of the game of baseball. I think, you know, that's – baseball is just a beautifully paced game. As long as you're there and you understand that it's going to be at – a certain pace, then you should appreciate it for what it is. Be able to hold those conversations, take in the moments, watch things unfold around you during those moments of downtime of the game. So I, I think what they're trying to do is mostly just for television purposes. And what about the exorbitant amounts of, of salaries paid and so forth and so on? Well, I, I mean, I, I think baseball has to eventually probably go to some sort of hard cap I mean, it's just it's unfair the way some teams in New York and L.A., the small market teams just can't compete with them. Mm -hmm. There's no way the Indians or the Reds, if you like them, can hold on to the prime talent because they can always be overpaid for in those markets. But, you know, if that doesn't happen, I mean, you know, that that box has been opened. How do you close it back up? Yeah, I don't know. That's that's for smarter people than me. I don't think so. I think you can figure it out. You're a hell of an accountant. No. <laughs> you do the books at the Columbus Italian Club. That's true. That is true. <laughs> you are a hell of an accountant. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Uh, we got to wrap it up. Chuck Lombardo has been our guest. Good luck with next year. Thank you. The The West Coast swing, as it were. Yeah. I hope you pull that off. By 2019, it will all culminate with the All-Star Game in Cleveland. It's a beautiful plan, man. Appreciate it, yeah. I, you know, I respect anybody who embraces life on that level, specifically baseball in your case. But the fact that anybody that 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 reaches out and and says let's do this is enjoying uh, their life. They're keeping in touch with who they are, what they are, where they're from. They have nothing but total respect for that. So don't stop. Thanks, that's man. That's all. That's that's it. That's my whiskey business advice otherwise i'm jealous as hell of what you've done and accomplished and what you're going to accomplish i think it's i think it's awesome cool so appreciate it congrats
we got to wrap things up, and I'll do so by saying thank you again to Chuck Lombardo. The guest bottle, Elijah Craig, did you enjoy the Good Elijah bottle. Craig? Good I liked it. Good solid bottle, uh, between 30 and $32 if you're looking for those under $50 a bottle whiskeys. Uh, it's the Elijah Craig Small Batch. You can't go wrong. Whiskey Business is a Never the Luck production recorded with the cooperation of the Columbus Radio Group. All the opinions are those of me, your host, Dino Tripodos, and my at times reluctant guests. And they're never meant to offend, only to uh, inform and entertain. Um, if you want to check out past podcasts, you can go to whiskeybusinessshow.com. We've developed a nice little uh, body of work here in the last few months. And we've also decided that, uh, you know what, maybe it's time for sponsors. If you think uh, you'd like to sponsor Whiskey Business, we think we're ready. Uh, you can talk to the man himself, my capable, more than capable producer, Mr. Greg Hansberry at ghansberry at columbusradiogroup.com. ghansberry at columbusradiogroup.com. So, until the next bottle, play ball! Are you tired of seeing your teen or young adult struggle on a path that clearly isn't the right fit? Is your teenager confused about which direction to take after high school? The future of work is changing rapidly, and our kids need to know all of the options available after high school so they're empowered to make the choice that is best for them. In each episode, we explore the latest trends that are shaping the opportunities of today and tomorrow. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell, and this is the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast.